I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, welcome back. This is still Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. I am still Mike Casaza, And I'm still going to welcome in Chris Anderson. And Chris, we've been social distancing for as long as we've been doing this podcast. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting any of your germs, and you're not getting any of mine, so that's good. Um, you and I both work from home on the regular. My life is oddly, I don't want to say not affected, because I'm a sports writer who has no sports to write about. I'm an adjunct professor who has nobody to teach. That's weird, but I work from home. I don't have children. I have a dog that is pretty anti-personal um not a whole lot's changing here and it's spring break on campus so i was kind of looking forward to an empty town which has pretty much been the case uh the the preceding factors are not what i desired i get that but a lot of people i see stressing out about this and i thought that my sister who has two kids and uh friends of mine who have kids or who are teaching their kids from home or people who have just professions that are fundamentally different from home and i'm like what is everybody panicking about this isn't that hard um What's the real story? How is your life different with this? Well, obviously, I I got two kids, and now both of them are home. School canceled or postponed until mid-April at the earliest, I think, at this point. And it's weird. It's different. I got to keep them busy. I got to think of plans. Some of our teachers are sending me things, so that certainly helps. Uh, They've been putting in a lot of work to get them schoolwork, to get them things to do. And I've kind of gotten creative with it in... Uh, to be honest, I mean, it's obviously not easy, but I have found, and I don't know if other parents are in the same boat, but they seem to be reacting to it really well. Like they enjoy school. They enjoy the structure and it's almost like this is going to change the way I treat our free time at home when they're not in school going forward because they like it. They love it. They, I have a schedule up and they look at it and they, they're just Hey, we got 30 minutes and then we got to, I got to do this. I got to do my chores so that I can get over here and do, uh, this workbook, this writing workbook or this math worksheet and move on to the next thing. And so it's, I would say this has certainly changed what I'm doing now and it might change how I handle things going forward. How about the work? I, I talked about this the other day. Um, all I can do is work the phones. You can't stop by anybody's office. You can't pop in the Coliseum or the practice facility and, and see what's up. You can't be seen right now, um, but you work the phones. And what I get back from people is, listen, I, I know what you're doing, and I appreciate what you're doing, and I understand where you're coming from, and all your questions are our questions. But, man, there's no answers right now because, one, this is indefinite, and, two, it just shifts so fast. And then I think what we're seeing now, too, is the distance in the future is way closer now than we thought. Think about last week, man. We were talking about, will they cancel the Big 12 tournament? I think we predicted they would cancel the NCAA tournament, and it seemed unusual. And that was stuff that was hours and days away. We're talking things in September now because I think there's a better understanding. There's a more thorough um, appreciation of the scope or the potential of this now. Um, But along those lines, 
I don't think anybody wants to say anything because the expiration date on, you know, potential or, you know, what may happen is really, really quick. Um, one thing you say today could be completely different by the time that a newspaper goes to print or a story is published online. And I don't blame those people at all. There's just not a whole lot to say. Um, so for me, getting information, everybody understands there's a lot of stories to be told right now about how life was affected and how sports do or don't go on. You know, what are teams doing? What are people doing? I don't even think people want to say that because who knows if it's right or people are going to frown about it or browbeat about it. But also, it may change by the time that you actually sit down to write a story or tell the story. Yeah, and uh, pardon me for not – I know his name, but I just don't know how to pronounce it. But the the head of the CDC, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, however you – Fauci, thank you. I saw him on the news the other day and he, you know, he is the head of the CDC. He is in charge of this whole thing. He knows probably more than anybody in the world about this. And he came straight out and said, it changes. It is forever changing. And we don't know what's going to be next. Or we didn't see, you know, this step and this step and this step. So it's a variable. And like you just said, uh, who knows what the right answer is going to be? Who knows what's going to be like in a week, two weeks, two months. Um, We're all just kind of playing it by ear. Um, I don't want to predict, but let's look ahead at the only thing that hasn't really been canceled yet. Spring football, Morgantown has a city ordinance now where you can't have more than 10 people in a spot. State has shut down bars and restaurants and now nail salons, barber shops, all that stuff. So they're trying to put a lid on this, but everything for football is suspended until March 29th at the earliest. Listen, I don't know these things. I don't want to project anything because I don't know, but I also don't know how you can bring just a football team back to campus, how you can have position meetings or team meetings. I don't know how you can have football practice and how that supersedes the audience. Excuse me, the ordinance. I understand it's important. And yeah, there's risk involved with football, but this is not that. That's dumb. We're not talking about the risk of head injuries, the risk of blowing out a knee, which is also a weird conversation to melt into this about the dangers of football, but it's not the same thing. And I honestly don't know how they can do this, how they can conduct spring practice, put on a spring game. I understand they haven't made that decision yet because maybe someone else can make it for them and they don't have to be spending their time making decisions like that, that someone else should be in charge of. But also it doesn't seem Right now, it's possible. Maybe initially they thought that by March 29, it'd be okay. And they could get in a truncated spring practice. Maybe they thought it'd be delayed and they could get it in. Maybe they didn't think it'd be quite as dire as it seems now and they could have a spring game. I understand that. I just can't see a way that you're going to see a spring game or even spring practices. I think so, too. And I thought we would already have an answer on that, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, We saw that report just a couple of days ago from... Uh, Chip Brown over at our Texas site that all the Big 12 athletic directors were getting together on a conference call to discuss things and I assumed that discussion was going to be what are we doing about spring ball and let's all cancel it let's just everybody agree to cancel it and as of this recording uh, there hasn't been an answer I haven't seen it at least I haven't seen anything leak out about that meeting about that conversation so I'm not sure what we're supposed to assume uh, do we assume that say the 
athletic directors didn't agree or they didn't come to a conclusion or maybe they did and just said, let's play it by ear some more. Um, but I'm leaning more towards it being canceled altogether. Uh, I, I think that's where we're going, especially with these other recommendations from the CDC and the World Health Organization. Uh, but I did like a recommendation that I believe it was Rusty Mansell from from our Georgia site that he gave as far as spring practices and these recruiting visits and the open period, dead period, all that stuff with NCAA recruiting of push everything back into May and try to have a truncated Mm -hmm. spring practice schedule, just a couple weeks, maybe 10 practices or eight practices um, in those first couple weeks of May, open up visits for recruits when they otherwise wouldn't be for a couple weeks. And then you have the regular June recruiting camp period and you know the the dead period I believe was is like June 24th to July 21st something like that maybe shorten that by a week to allow kids a visit in July uh, maybe make it July 14th something like that um, you know they're gonna have to get creative but then again that's under the assumption that everything's gonna be okay by May and June and we don't know that either I've not had a lot of these conversations yet with people because one they have far more important things to do. And number two, they just don't know. But the few people I've talked to have heard something similar to that, if not that type of detail. But certainly the structure would be the same. And you back it up to a start time somewhere in the future. The concern is that look how much has changed just in the past week. And who's to say it won't change a week for a month from now, too. And if you put these people in charge of making these decisions, and they're coming up with new start times and timetables, what happens when hypothetically April 15th isn't good enough? Now it's May 1st, but then May 1st isn't good enough. Now it's May 15th, and now May 15th doesn't work, and it's June 1st. You're just on a cycle, and you keep doing it and doing it, and it seems like the path of least resistance is to have no resistance at all and just cancel things. And perhaps you start camp a little earlier, and you give more meeting time and more practice time. I don't think you're going to see two weeks of camp in that situation, but you give teams more time in the field in the meetings room. I don't think you'll see two-a-days. But as I talk to people or I read things from people who do talk to people, it does seem there's a real concern about even creating the illusion you might have spring practice because you just don't know. And it might be backed up and you keep doing this. And then you just reach a point and you cancel it. And you say, you know what, let's reconvene later on, presuming it doesn't back all the way up into July. It's crazy, though. A lot of things are changing, and Thursday last week, couldn't believe we were having these conversations. If you'd asked me Monday, that was just four days earlier, I would have thought, wow, it's a really unusual situation. They're canceling tournaments. But now it's a week later, and I wonder what it's going to be like when we look back a week or a month from now. And you wonder how important spring football is. I don't think players will be too upset, especially the older ones. If it gets canceled, they tend to think it's kind of tedious. They understand it's for younger players. And coaches get that, too. That's pretty critical time for those coaches and younger players. And not to diminish it to this locally, but it's a squandered opportunity for West Virginia. And they would like to think that maybe they can get some of that back just to continue to move forward. But they understand it's largely out of their hands. And it's going to kind of write the first chapter of the season. And not just for West Virginia, but big picture nationally. It's spring is, I'm in agreement about, better for young guys older guys don't really care as much about it and the coaches obviously are really careful with the older guys especially with injuries or at least the starters but 
those guys who are kind of on the fence of, I need to get in the too deep or starting job, or I need to transfer. And they use that spring to figure out their situation. And so do coaches. Coaches use that spring to figure out their roster, what they got and what they still need to go out and find. And that's basically gone or might be soon. And if it's not, it's going to be delayed. And then what happens? Who are, if you're a guy on the fence, do you wait it out and try to figure out, you can't wait it out and figure it out in the fall. Mm -hmm. Do you just go ahead and put yourself in the, in the portal or do you kind of just stick it out and see what happens? I'm not sure. I think this is going to throw a wrench in obviously a lot of people's plans. How many kids have a really good spring that are walking and get put on scholarship for the summer? And that's gone right now. It's free education. That's money for families right now. And how many walk-ons does West Virginia have? A few on the defensive line, a few on the offensive line, a few at running back. Those are positions of need. Neil Brown talks about using the walk-on program to fulfill his scholarship limit. It's a good way to get to 85, but you're losing chances to evaluate those kids, develop those kids, benefit those positions. And it's a bummer. Let's get away from football and get to a mailbag a little bit here. But I'm curious, Chris, you mentioned homeschooling kids, but hey, anything new or different or fun you're doing now lately? Uh, not really. You know, the, I, I have found that there are a plethora of, um, tablet learning ops, uh, possibilities and that a lot of the kids, like their favorite authors are all going on, uh, YouTube live, Facebook live and Instagram live doing readings and drawing pictures for the kids and doing all these things all throughout the day. So I've, found that kind of fascinating obviously they didn't do that before uh, at least not that i'm aware of but some of the authors of their favorite books are going on and showing them how to draw their favorite characters and reading them a book and um, i think it's kind of cool how we've found new ways to kind of interact over this model um over you know remotely because we've also seen aquariums and zoos kind of put up virtual tours of their right um of their exhibits and with um, voiceovers giving information about everything. We've had virtual field trips for museums and stuff like that. So uh, I have found that to be pretty interesting. And I'm curious if, I don't know if it'll continue because obviously those places want you to actually come to their places of business and, and give them money, not just sit at home and watch it for free. But I've found it very interesting. Well, I'm trying to get used to a new world here and build a journalism class online uh-huh. because no WVU courses on campus. Now you and I can do this over the phone and we conduct our business over the phone and we're going to have to do interviews over the phone. Now it's hard to teach kids how to do journalism by video conferencing or virtual lectures or just having them read a lesson plan. But not only that, they have to do assignments. They cover WVU sports as part of the class. It's their beat. I can't even do that now. And they have assignments due at the end of the semester. Don't know how to do that. I have been kind of interested in how business continues to occur in this e-sense where you have video conferencing and all sorts of ways to share information and communicate. I've been more active on our Skype channel than maybe ever just in the past <laughs> week. Seen a whole bunch of ways. And I'm a CBS employee. I get their email. You're not a CBS employee. No offense. I'm not making fun of you. Ha ha. You're not a CBS employee. But it's been cool to see how they conduct their business online and get work done. And some of the curriculum I've figured out and ways you can teach online, I had no about idea about before now. Take them more time than I thought, but it's been fun to get used to it. And again, 
it's discouraging because if you're a journalist, you like to think you have to be places to do things. That's part of the journalism experience, right? But more and more, that's not really the case. I kind of say a lot that you don't have to be at the game to cover the game. We're not at the games frequently, and we cover the games to do a pretty good job. But now you don't even have to be in the classroom to learn how to not be at the game <laughs> to cover the game. But boy, the whole world is changing. And that's not something I really realized until lately. But hey, we've been engaging with people and trying to do what we can to keep the wheel spinning. I mentioned this before, and you've mentioned it to me offline. I do want to take a minute just to thank people for paying attention and for engaging in our stuff and commenting and having discussions and trying to be as normal as we can be right now. Not easy. I know that. And I don't know what we continue to do writ large for society, writing and talking about sports, but Hey, people still like to gather and talk about sports. I like to write about sports and talk about sports keeps me sane too. So I'm pretty happy with the environments and the conversations that I've seen and had online the past week or so. Yeah. Our, I think that's one of the great things about our board. It's one of the things I'm most proud about is that, you know, as this happened, a lot of sites took a big hit. Um, obviously sports is pretty much over, but, um, we've been kind of, I'll I'll be blunt about it. Our numbers are up year over year so far this month. And even over the last week without sports. And a lot of that is because, uh, we have a great community and you guys, jump right in and we just talk about all sorts of things. Uh, We are talking sports. We are talking things we're doing at home. We're talking about the virus and the coverage. We're talking about video games, uh, NFL, whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, And it's really been enjoyable and and it's helped a lot. I need Muay Thai conversations, but I will also start a thread about my affinity for Paps Blue Ribbon hard coffee. (laughs) I have the fourth and final one out of the box in front of me now because it's a little bit late on Thursday evening here, and it's been quite a week, obviously. Need a little pep in my step to get through this. Is that so. the one you thought was a Starbucks? Sorry to talk about ah, yes. that. the one you thought was a... Not the same one, but it's the last one in the box. I'm not uh, averse to this. I've always been kind of a PBR fan. I got a hat, even. I don't know how my hands got on this, but it. whatever you think of it, it's probably not like that. It's not like they just dropped a chocolate bar in a can of PBR and shook it up and said, here, have it. It does taste like a iced coffee with some chocolate flavor. It's got a punch to it, but not obnoxious like you thought. Five percent alcohol too, so this could get twisted by the anchors. There, there you go. And I am, I am proud to report that I still have my, my brown stuff and my diet Dr Pepper, a huge stash. So I am good for the long haul. Great. It's a good thing we don't live in Pennsylvania. They close their liquor stores. Oh no! Unbelievable. Anyway, speaking of our communities. Went to the free boards, the VIP boards, and asked, hey, what's on your mind? Let's do a little Q&A to engage and make sure everybody knows that people are still paying attention. We're still up and running. We can talk and have fun. I grabbed some questions, shared them with you not long before we started recording here. Let's dig in. These are not all the questions we received. What I plan on doing is take in some of the leftovers that we don't get to and give them more time and attention and do something separate on them. I'm not ignoring anybody, and I'll get to it. It's just that these are a little bit different questions, and I think you'll see... More for the room, more for the mood, a little bit leisurely, I think. But one thing right away, it's an interesting question from Macon Bacon. He says, you can change one thing about WVU sports that happened in the last two years. What is it, and what do you think the outcome would be? So we're talking the, let's say the 2018 and 19 football seasons, excuse me, 2018-19 and 2019-20 football seasons and anything else that happened on campus within that time frame there. 
I have a couple, and I can go first. You can go first. What do you think? Uh, go ahead. I, I have my idea. I hope you don't take it. But The one I can't get over right now is poor Noah Adams, number two ranked wrestler in the country in his weight class, unbeaten, and was going to go to the national championship meet and probably do really well. Could have been a national champion, and that gets taken away from him because of the situation we're in now. Obviously, they cancel winter championships. He doesn't get a chance to wrestle for the title. Wrestling is kind of a fledgling sport on campus. I think it's going in the right direction with the new coach, Tim Flynn. It could be something is maybe more frequent in the future, but this just doesn't happen too often. To have a guy be this good, have such success, and never get a chance to compete for the highest prize, that's a real bummer to me. I think it might be a common answer. My second one, um, I'd like to see more of a plan on the final possession against Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 two years ago wait hold on uh yeah i think so see now you account we're two years i think hold on technically two years ago yeah that's no it's three isn't it i was i was gonna say i think that's that's three years back oh no all right because two two years ago was marshall and wichita state villanova and yeah hmm come back to me let's yours Okay, uh, the first one I'm thinking about is because uh, the first thing that popped in my mind, but I all it also comes slightly out of the window was the Will Greer broken finger uh, against Texas. Oh. But that I believe that was so that was the 2017 football season, which does not count. But still related to Will Greer somewhat, the T.J. Simmons personal foul against Oklahoma. Um, it's a little iffy, maybe, because you could argue, hey, that might have just given WVU the lead in that game, and it still could have uh, been a problem after that because that Oklahoma-West Virginia game was going back and forth. But if they don't call that personal foul on TJ Simmons, West Virginia is um, going up by four. Uh, instead, the play gets called back. They're still down three, and I believe it was the next play or two plays later, uh, Greer gets sacked, fumbled, returned for a touchdown, and that is not game over, but pretty much. And if they had won that game, they're in the Big 12 championship. Will Greer still playing? Who knows what bowl they go to? And so on and so forth. Yeah, that's a great one, actually. That's probably the right answer. So if they win that game, and then it's Big 12 championship, they win that game, and then you're, you know, you're just, we're playing dominoes here. Uh, they're going to what the Sugar Bowl? I, I can't remember the the lineup yeah. there, or if if the Sugar Bowl is part of the championship or not. But then Dana stays, right? Uh, and, and then who knows what happens? So it's, you, you know, I guess it depends. Do you want it to happen? Because then Neil Brown doesn't happen, or where does that send that you know that trajectory for West Virginia football after that? I would like to get a do-over on how they handled Zagabog Kanate. That was my that was my second one. Good. I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead. It was just such a weird situation, and I think a bit of a trickle-down that affected other things. It's hard for me to sit here now. Huggins has been very hardline in his career, but in one way or another, there were exceptions granted last year, and I think that permeated a little bit. It might have caused some players to take some liberties or Huggins to be a little bit more flexible than he wanted to or he's prone to do. But also, 
that is a talent that just doesn't come around very often. I'm not saying you let him do what he wants, but there may have been a better way to do things. I think we can agree it didn't go right. And, you know, hindsight is obviously the gift that we can't get and we wish we had at the moment, but you can look back at that now and say, hmm, I don't know. And a guy who's that good, not only does it maybe poison the waters for the team, but it also prevents him from ever being the type of player he wanted to be. I don't know if you go back and you redo how he hurt his knee. That was in the NCAA tournament, I believe, right before the Murray State game. Right before the was it was during that time because I believe it was yeah, uh, yeah right before the Marshall game where they thought he might there not were rumors play. he blew his knee out. Couldn't yeah. see him before the game. Knew something was wrong. He played, but obviously. I don't know. You give him the day off or whatever. That's an extreme example. But if just whatever happened that day didn't happen that day, how different is the following season? How different is his career? When I say a do-over, I don't mean the relationship between the player and the coach necessarily. But I mean, maybe let's hit pause right before he gets hurt and he sets a rep or skips a drill and he's healthy the rest of the tournament, the rest of the season, and the rest of his life. I am with you 100% because – that was, you know, like I said, I thought of three things. The first was the wheel greer finger, which didn't fall into the, the window. Then the TJ Simmons personal foul. And then the whole Kanate experience. And I wasn't sure how to phrase it. Do I phrase it as, I wish Sags had just gone ahead and left? Uh, do I wish that he hadn't got hurt or hadn't had other influences? Had they given him a rest? Had there been a better relationship? Uh, like I said, it was complicated. And, and some sort of do-over because there was the potential for something special not only for that team but for him too i'm also not calling a zone read from the 13 yard line on third and one at oklahoma state two years ago fumble turnover lose the game the season falls apart and there was obviously a disconnect between the head coach and the offensive coordinator and that right there was probably the point of no return for dana holgerson That's another good one. It wouldn't be, but hey, we, we've come up with a few. But then again, I think there's a lot of WVU fans out there who would say it wouldn't be WVU sports if you didn't have these things. So. Nope. Good point. Next one. Not yo cheese, man. Can you think of any XFL guys? Moving on to the NFL, Kenny Robinson showed some good stuff, and safety seems to be a top need for a lot of teams. I'm assuming he's talking about WVU players. Certainly, XFL guys will move to the NFL. Kenny Robinson would be one. Terrence Garvin, probably the second one. I think that's an interesting case. NFL knows about him. Maybe not other candidates out there from WVU. But here's my question. The XFL suspended its season. It's done. Gonna pay players. Why couldn't Robinson ask out of his contract and sign a free agent deal now? Is there a rule I'm not aware of? Or does he have to wait until the draft? Which is not far from now. Maybe it's more lucrative for him. I don't know. But, huh, you figure a guy like that comes out, he's available right now. Could he sign if he got out of his contract? If the XFL let him out of his contract now, because they're not playing any games and he can go pro rather than wait for the draft. I have to think there is a rule in place that he has to go into the draft pool before he can sign a free agent deal. And I agree that Kenny Robinson's the obvious pick here. The XFL was just him biding his time until the draft. He was going to get drafted no matter what, I think. Uh, it kind of depends how he performed in the XFL or what he did at the combine or whatever he might've been able to do at pro days between 
you know, when he left West Virginia and when the draft was going to be, I think he helped himself. I think he'll, you know, I don't know. I'm not a draft expert, but mid round somewhere, uh, after, you know, he's all big 12 performer. He's, he's not, he was no slouch before he went to the XFL. He, he is a lot better than 90% of the guys that are in the XFL because, um, he shouldn't be there. He should be in the NFL and he will be. Uh, I also like Terrence Garvin. I'm with you 100%. He's somebody that the NFL's known. He's played there for several years. Um, he was just on a team last year. So to see him kind of still have it, and he played well, uh, I, I think you'll see another team take a flyer on him at least to get him on the roster uh, during preseason camp and, and see if he can make the team. I'm going to look into this. I'm not an XFL expert, but it's a good question. If I don't remember is true, though, you had to finish your contract and the season, I believe, went right up to the draft, through free agency to the draft, so you don't have a chance to do free agency. But I wonder, again, if that's not the case without a season, that you're not going to extend through free agency. But those are the two obvious names, I think. Next one, Earman. Mike, you've made subtle references to New Japan Pro Wrestling in the past. Are you a fan of pro wrestling? And if so, what do you enjoy watching? Hey, I was a kid. I grew up during the Hulk Hogan era. I went to school during the Attitude Era, so it was always on TV and you would watch because that's what you do with your friends when you're younger and and you're in college can't say i keep up with it now because there's just so much of it on tv it's way more than when i was younger it's hard to keep up with much and i probably keep up with more of the action i don't have to have a devoted interest to so yeah japanese pro wrestling is kind of fun because it's probably something only i would watch among the people i know but it's also easier to catch up on you don't have to be week to week multiple shows a week you don't have that type of programming. They have things that are just a little bit easier to digest. Chris, you're a little different. Are you the same? Uh, I'm with you. Uh, for those who don't remember, that's how we kind of teased you coming over to Ear Sports <laughs> and CBS Sports with the superpowers, uh, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. I grew up, I'm, I'm a couple years younger than you, uh, but grew up with the same thing, obsessed with Hulk Hogan. Um, I enjoyed all of that. Uh, I too was in high school when, uh, WCW or maybe not high school, maybe that was middle school when WCW was trying to take over, uh, you know, the ratings from WWF and, and the NWO came around and Hulk Hogan made a switch and I was all the way into it right up until, uh, probably the end of high school. I, I have not ventured into overseas wrestling, uh, but, uh, I certainly grew up on it. If I can make a recommendation for people now in their idle time, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but there are ways you can watch it. Daily Motion, if you do the right search. YouTube, if you do the right search. If you have, what's the name of the channel? Ray, I think. If you can find Lucha Underground, it's worth your time. It's like soap opera wrestling. They do like a wrestling promotion, but it has characters with supernatural powers. It's really strange and bizarre. It's out there. I've never seen something like it before, but that's why I liked it. And I blew through it when it was on Netflix and I was watching it and just found myself watching it by itself, by myself sometimes. And some of the guys who are on the show are in different major promotions now. Like one guy, I won't give it away. Guy who does very well is actually Ricochet, who is in the WWF, WWE now. Two guys who are in the new promotion AEW, they're brothers, the Lucha brothers, actually. They were two of the top wrestlers in Lucha Underground. One's like a ninja skeleton, <laughs> and one guy's like a, a game hunter who happens to be a, a, a lucha wrestler. 
one guy happens to be like this mythological character who was buried beneath rubble in an earthquake and came back to life. It's that type of stuff. Very strange and different. You don't see it anywhere else. But hey, you suspend your belief when you watch pro wrestling no matter what. So if you can get past some of these supernatural powers and these beings and combine it with Mexican wrestling, it's quite a combination. Get it if you have a chance. And if you find out where it is, let me know. I wouldn't mind bitching that again. Move on. Next one here. Question comes from WVU Goose. It's a good one, Chris. You've written about and can talk a little bit more about. But what can our coaches do, if anything, right now? Can baseball coaches call the kids or text them? Same with football. Can Hugs talk to potential recruits by phone? Can the current players still come to the practice facility? Not sure if there are rules in place for such a situation, but it seems like it would be a good time to implement the cheating Chris has spoken about in the past. I, did I just get accused of promoting cheating? We have tape. I I would never. We have the tape. <laughs> uh, I absolutely would. Uh, but no, it's all, I, as far as I know, for football and basketball, it is free reign to speak with recruits, to talk to them for all the coaches. Uh, there's no in-person visits, whether at the kids' school or the kids coming to West Virginia. Baseball, I'm uncertain if it's the same. I'd have to double-check that. I'm not sure how their calendar differs or if you know, maybe they usually wouldn't be able to, but the NCAA has opened it up since kids can't visit at the moment. Um, I think you're going to see some creative things going on. Uh, one of the most creative, and kudos to, and I never thought I'd say this, uh, but less miles for being innovative. Uh, it was not uh, an adjective that I think of when I think of less miles, but uh, they put on a virtual junior day where they send invitations over the cell, their cell phone or over the internet to the to computer or tablet or whatever to their top recruits and basically take them on a virtual tour of everything at the school. And then I believe kind of divvy off into the different position groups and have quote unquote position meetings with the assistant coaches for that position. I think that's awesome. I think you might see, and I've not heard this. I'm just assuming here, you know, this is a copycat sport. This is a copycat business. Uh, You can see West Virginia doing something similar, Um, talking to kids, having them kind of FaceTime in and talk to coaches and check out the facilities and the upgrades and what's going on. So I think you'll definitely see stuff like that. Um, as for current players, I don't think the, the coaches, I don't believe, are allowed to do anything with them in an official capacity, but I don't see how this. All activity is suspended. Right. So, but I believe, like, for, say, basketball, for instance, and, and football, and you will probably know the answer better than me on this one, they can still have access to that, right? They can still have access to the building to come in on their own. Like, there's no ban on that, right? Or no? Yeah, but I don't believe you could play pickup games five on five right now or things like that. No. I think if they're workouts or things that are similar are okay, but if you're in close proximity, I don't think they want you doing that. Yeah. I think you could see like uh, you know, Emmett Matthews coming in and, and shooting some jumpers or something and having I don't know if they'll even have anybody passing to him, but they have those machines where you can shoot it and it'll spit it back out at you and, and he'll keep shooting. But um no, I don't expect any official workouts, group workouts, five on five, like you said, nothing like that. But some individual workouts, you'll see guys out there uh, on maybe on the field, kind of running drills or whatnot. Yeah, I think that's permissible and a question I've tried to get answered, but I just think it's there's no answer because I'm not sure yet. Move on, Kusapalooza. 
Obviously, it's early, but can you see the football season being impacted? Of course, this is still a rampant pandemic in the fall, sure, but I'm thinking more along the lines of spring and summer practices being impacted so much so that games will be pushed back a week or two, perhaps. Well, I'm going to say, I don't want to say it's inevitable, but it's certainly trending that way. I wonder if the week zero stuff goes away and they just back up the start until a certain time for everybody. I just don't know how you do it, though, because you're going to have to take away bye weeks during the season. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is a year with two open weeks. That was the first thing I was about to say. This is not. This is one of the re- years where there's only one bye week. So of all the years, this is not the one to have it. So you can't imagine coaches giving up an open week. And then from there, I'm sure TV would be accommodating and back things up. But it's hard to do because you're dealing with stadiums that are booked for other events too. And that can be hard. I think it can happen. And honestly, I think it's part of the calculus that's happening right now is they're trying to figure out what can they do? How late can they start? Cause how late can they go? Hey, do you need a month between your conference championship games and the college football playoff? Probably not. So there's a lot to work with there, but you have the academic semester you're dealing with the availability of places it can happen it's just that there's a lot of pieces that have to move it doesn't have to happen right now but i think it's being talked about behind the scenes it just seems to me like if you back things up sooner than later it's a lot easier to manage than if you have to back up later yeah because we're talking about stadiums that are going to have to fit 60 you know 50 60 100 thousand people um all the workers all the tv stuff Uh, obviously they kind of figure that tv stuff out uh, for for the most part with two weeks left or even a week left in some cases, but um, it's not a small task to, you know, say we get to July or August and they decide to push a game in September back a week. That's not a very easy thing to do. Another concern from what I gather, we talked about different rages eight weeks now. Maybe the government talked about, you've heard other things about a three or four month estimate. Let's say you hit a finish line. Are you convinced there are zero cases that can be spread? No. So you then run the risk of reopening your borders, encouraging people to travel and allowing people to gather freely, and then maybe backsliding into maybe not a pandemic again, but a situation that isn't completely recovered. And that's a concern because if you do that and you're throwing 50, 60,000 people into an open building, you kind of take a huge step backwards potentially, and they probably don't want to do that. Again, not my pay grade, but it's a big concern for sure. Two more. This kind of dovetails off of an earlier one. Probably should have ordered this better, but NC Wayward Ear asks, what are some subtle things the football staff is doing that may be going unnoticed? Also, what was is Randy Mazie's blueprint for the current and hopeful future success of WVU baseball? Uh, I don't think football does a whole lot of subtle stuff. They're pretty open and bold about what they do, happy to share stuff. That's not me poking fun of them or saying they shouldn't do it, but they're very visible and what they do and how they do it. You see a lot of behind the scenes stuff after the fact, Hey, we did this. Look at this. Look at that. We brought our guys here. We had guys over for dinner and you see those things. It's visible, not subtle, but it is detailed stuff that maybe you hadn't thought of before. They get together a lot. Matt Moore was making kids food the other day from his garage. That was cool to see. Um, 
you know, Neil Brown does things on Instagram for a behind the scenes look on signing day. You have positions going out to restaurants to eat previously, of course, guys getting in suits and going to professional skill development. Those are all important things, small details that are big, but subtle, maybe not. Like I said, they're pretty happy to show you what it's like to be on their team, even if it's behind the scenes. I don't know. You have additional thoughts? Nope. A hundred percent in agreement. I think the the part about Randy Macy is a good question though. And I'm not certain. I know the answer. There's not a whole lot out there. I want to say that, you know, I think he's improved the recruiting. I think he's gone out and gone to new places to bring in uh, very talented players because we've seen a lot of guys come right in and, and make an instant impact. But college baseball or, or, or high school baseball rankings, like as far as recruiting go are, Still not great. There's not a lot of good ones out there. We don't have them, um, and I'm not saying that's, you know, the guys that do do it are are bad. It's just a very hard thing to kind of rate, especially with well how guys will leave from high school straight to major league baseball and so on. So it's I I don't really have an answer for that. Do you? I think you're gonna keep on keeping on. He's done a good job with his staff replacing coaches. He's got a facility. His contract is such that the money is still available for things. I don't think he has a huge salary. And it's probably because everybody realizes if the money goes to him, that can't go around. And that's good. Player retention might be something that can improve. There's a lot of transfers in baseball. He's not been immune to that. But you're looking at arms. He's recruiting arms, good pitchers, guys who have lots of strikeouts, lots of innings in high school who can pitch. You know, West Virginia will need guys to pitch sooner than later. That's just natural. So I think that's why you're looking at really good high school pitchers who were successful and mature junior college guys who have mature arms. I think what we're seeing right now might actually give him ammunition on a stage to talk about his preferred schedule for baseball, which is making it uh, start later and last longer. If he can get that on track, and that's a huge advantage for West Virginia. You don't start as early in the calendar year. You start a little bit later. You get practices. You don't have to play your first 15, 20 games on the road. Get some home games. Warmer weather when the season starts. You're playing deeper in the summer summer where you're on the sage by yourself. And, you know, one big reason that West Virginia baseball has been popular and successful is it came after basketball. And it was another sport for people to watch and be excited about. And imagine college baseball being the big thing over the summer, building the bridge of football. That'd be good for college baseball and again for WVU. So, hey, he may talk about redoing the calendar, start it later, go longer in the summer. It could help a program in the Northeast. It's a big deal to him and something that maybe people will talk to him about and he can talk about now because, hey, not a whole lot to write about. No, uh, although I will say, depending on when you listen to this, but later this morning, uh, if you're listening to this on Friday morning, uh, Jimmy Gaudio, who was going to help us with some spring football coverage and with some baseball coverage and is the current vice president of the WV baseball club and covered home games for WV baseball for U92, the student uh, radio network. Uh, he's going to share his thoughts. He's, we got a guest piece from him and I was kind of looking over it earlier and he seems to think, uh, like you said, the, the arms are, are, are good for West Virginia and they're young and this team might be even better next year, that they have a lot of talent coming back. And there's going to be a couple question marks, obviously, with the with the Major League Draft, depending on what happens with that. There is some interesting reports out there today, actually Thursday, about they might not even have the draft 
because of this whole uh, coronavirus situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm, I'm curious what West Virginia's best players will do, the ones that are draft eligible. But the good news is there aren't that many that are draft eligible. So West Virginia should have a lot of talent coming back. I think they're going to have to reconsider fall baseball too and give teams more than you know two or three games and some practices. They're going to have to expand that. Maybe start it earlier in the summer instead of when they do now and give them more of an off season than they're normally accustomed to because they didn't get the season they're accustomed to. You can't ask teams to develop the same in a situation like this. Final question, and that's a good one, Chris. Eartastic asks, is it better, excuse me, is WVU better off with just Eric Culver or just Oscar Sheboy next year? Not both, just one. I like it. Feet to the fire here, Chris. There's only one seat left on the boat. And Culver and Sheboy are standing on the dock. Who are you bringing on the boat for next season? Oscar. And I'll be blunt, it it wasn't that hard of a decision for me. And that's nothing against Culver, but... I think, one, I think Oscar is just a freak. I think he can do a lot of things. I think I think Culver can do a lot of the things that, that Oscar can do as well. But Shibuya's motor and his ability to grab all these rebounds and his ability to play defense, I think, is it are all better than Culver. And so then on offense, I think you can say that Culver is a better offensive player, but he's not extremely efficient. Uh, he, he only shoots about 41% from the floor and only about 50% from the free throw line. And when West Virginia starts to run their entire offense around him, it becomes extremely stagnant. And I like the idea of if you had to pick one, Oscar being the big man and maybe that offense being a little more free-flowing, being a little more uh, guard and wing-centric, not just dump it into the post and hope for the best. And so I would without much hesitation, pick Oscar. All right. We're going to end there. You're not going to tell me. Are, are you in agreement or are you going to tell me I'm wrong? Uh, I have no opinion of mine that differs from yours. I would say mine is very similar to yours. I just think he's a more efficient player, more consistent energy, higher ceiling, and more performances that would be the same at a higher level. Culver may reach a higher point total or rebound total now and then, but I think that you know averages matter and he's going to be a more consistent player too. How about that? We agreed. We we did a little bit too much of that on this podcast. We'll have to, we'll have to argue a little more next time. One more thing I want to do before we go. I asked people last week about different things we can look into. What are some you know mysteries we can solve or revisit about West Virginia sports? Stories I heard about or maybe you no longer think as much about. What's the stuff you want to know about? A few that came back to me. Uh, one that I actually mentioned in the post about it. What happened to Bob Huggins breaking his ribs? That's interesting. What's the story about Jimbo Fisher coming and then not coming to West Virginia and or why did Huggins say he was coming and then change his mind the first time? The inside scoop on the night the documents were shredded at the Pushkar Center by Rich Rodriguez. Mm. What happened with the 2010 Gator Bowl? What happened to Isaiah Hazel? What happened with Beetle Bolden last year? That's a good one. What happened during the coach awaiting scenario? What is the best well-known quote-unquote secret around WVU sports? Why no high school 
quarterbacks under Holgerson and or shooters under Bob Huggins. And then what happened with the Jabari Hines, Tommy McCune, Keaton Miles, Jay Forsythe. Wait, Pat Forsythe or Jay Forsythe? Pat Forsythe. Pat Forsythe, Aaron Brown recruiting class. That's a good one there too. Yikes. So topics we can get into, some mysteries that people still like to talk about. Maybe they know some and want to know more. Again, your feet to the fire here, Chris. What's one you want to get into? Because we do have time here. Uh, can I go off the board? Go for it. At the uh, casino, was Dana mad because somebody hit on 14 and cost him a, a face card? Or what was it? I need the hard-hitting hard hitting scoop on that, Mike. You think you can get that for me? I could do it right now if you want. <laughs> or should I save it for later? Yeah. Uh, I think that's a we can we'll clip that make it a story and turn it into a third podcast. I think that's the way we extend it. We pull it. We pull an ESPN, and I put this on this podcast. We write a story, make another podcast, and then another story about the podcast. Ah, I'll get to my byline quarter for the month. That's good. That's right. So we'll save that for another day. But that's a preview of some things we have come. And if you have ideas, mysteries you want solved, we can do the research. And maybe your ideas can point us in the right direction. But that's for another time, which means that's all for this time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.